Because mm. I think at the end of the day, in terms of a multidisciplinary and working in NHS as a team member, you want to be every every single person in that team wants to be valued. Yeah. And if you can really make someone feel valued and special in that team, they will do a good mm. job. And I remember even just like someone saying to me, "Good job," or like I was running an ABG to an A you know, gas machine, and you know, that was a good job. You did it so quickly. Like we needed yeah. it quickly. Like I absolutely. I felt like one of the part of the team, I felt like involved in the process of building healthcare. And mm. I think at times I've tried to, I've tried to kind of include people and, and, and acknowledge that kind of the efforts of everyone more than that's what I gained from the being HCA, like yeah. um, that, those experiences, how, I, how I'd want to be treated as a HCA, uh, trying to put it in practice as, as a doctor. So. Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Medical Memoirs podcast. I'm your host Vasudev Zeva and it's my absolute pleasure to interview Dr Kim Leong. Kim has recently commenced GP training in the northwest of England following a year or two of working as a locum doctor in general medicine. However, Kim's story extends far beyond the mere boundaries of a medical career and his youthful charisma. During this episode, Kim unveils his life prior to becoming a doctor and how this has shaped his appreciation of his current career pursuit. He also divulges his rather unorthodox yet heartwarming experiences outside of medicine, born of a yes-man attitude which is clearly evident when listening to him narrate his story. So, without further ado, let's sit back and relax as we listen to another excellent medical memoir. So Kim, thanks for coming on this podcast. It's an absolute pleasure and it's good to see you again. So, uh, like I was saying, it's, it's been an absolute age, but also feels like yesterday. So, uh, so yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah, it's my my pleasure coming on the show. Yeah, it's great. I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Thanks, man. That's super kind. Um, just to kind of you know talk about you and give everyone an idea of who you are. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to where you are now. That's yeah. not too open ended. No, it's fine. Yeah. Um. So where journey to am it's bit more convoluted than the usual straight out of school kind of thing um I initially did from a levels I went into biomedical sciences because I wasn't sure about really anything I quite like the human body and uh, exploring that so I did more like anatomy kind of uh, modules and then I lived with um basically a house full of medics uh, in second year and third year and that kind of really inspired me to do medicine because they they were coming home from the anatomy labs and I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Or, you know, I've talked to this patient. I was like, oh, I'm just look, like looking in the lab, looking at some test tubes. And yeah. it really wasn't for me. Um, so they like what hearing their experiences and all this amazing stuff they were doing. And I was like, why aren't I doing this kind of thing? Um, so that really kind of driven me to pursue medicine. Um, mm. And then by third year, I applied and fortunately didn't get in. Uh, took a year out um, to teach at a college, which was interesting. Um, yeah, it was um, a mature students' college. So basically, I was 21 and uh, <laughs> teaching a load of uh, students who were, I don't know, in the 40s and 50s even. No um, way. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't even know how they got to listen to me, to be honest. As a, I mean, I looked about 12 at the time. So <laughs> I was still look about 12 anyway. So yeah, it was. Um, it was a bit random, but I absolutely loved it. It was great. Yeah. And then um, alongside that, I was doing HCA work, so healthcare assistant work at the hospital to get experience and a bit of pocket money. So that was that was an amazing experience as well. You meet some great people working alongside the nurses and kind of get it from medicine from a, like, a totally different side as we see mm. in medical school and as a doctor, really. So, yeah, it gave, gave me some good grounding to kind of go straight into a medical degree. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then where did you go after that to, um, did you sort of, uh, I'm presuming, you know, postgrad course, was it Nottingham or? No, so I did undergraduate course at the end. Uh, oh, I'm cool. Lancaster, okay. Yeah. So because I'm from Lancaster, I did the undergraduate course at Lancaster and I lived at home to save pennies. Um, so I spent there five years, which I absolutely loved. Um, being from Lancaster, it was, you know, growing up in the same place. I, I wasn't sure what it's going to be like going yeah. back to it. Uh, three or four years later on uh, but I actually even enjoyed it more than my first degree it was just a, an absolute pleasure kind of doing that medical degree at Lancaster it was brilliant yeah okay mm -hmm. 
Um, and do you feel like, so your prior experience, so doing your work as an HCA and doing your teaching, did that really uh, help with the application process and and sort of give you those, uh, I can't remember if it's directly points, is it? But it's more sort of in the interview, like what have you done, et cetera. And in your personal yeah. statement, do you reckon that really boosted it? Absolutely. I was talking to my brother who's 17 at the moment, he's applying for medical school. And I said, hmm. you know, go for these healthcare assistant posts because they're just such good experience because in an interview, what better way to say I've been part of the multidisciplinary team. I am yeah, one of, of the, the key members involved in delivering high, high quality patient care. It's just uh, yeah. absolutely perfect in terms of experience wise, in terms yeah. of um, enjoyment and like fulfillment out of a job. I absolutely loved it. Like I, I enjoyed going to, to the wards and kind of messing about with the nurses and the other staff and yeah. kind of, it's such a sociable job, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, talking to patients, giving them a shave. I love that kind of like height, like you know, giving them hygiene and things like that. Yeah. It's just something so random because I've never done anything like that before, but jumping into care work is, it was a um, really humbling experience. Um, it's like the most yeah, kind of human, human natured skills like set you could have really. So yeah. being right there um, and helping patients. Right? Yeah. It's brilliant. That's incredible because you know, I, I, so <laughs> I've never done anything like that at all mm. before, but I've always been intrigued to find out how, you know, what it's like, first of all, but also you've done that and then also gone into medicine afterwards. So do you reckon that's kind of given you a different uh, perspective when you're actually practicing um, clinical work or has it... Um, do, do you think that was better? Do you, you know, how, how has it sort of played into things now? Well, I think it's initially started of a, of a kind of bit of pocket money and like experience, mm. kind of my selfish own needs. I wanted to kind of go go in and get, you know, a Sunday pays, I don't know, time and a half or something like yeah, that, yeah. which, was, which is decent <laughs> um, at the age. So, but then it kind of got onto a point where I was like, actually, I'm really enjoying this. And I can see why I want to do medicine because it's, you know, as I said, the human kind of nature about it. You know, the daily interactions, helping people, you know, to the toilet, serving uh, lunches and dinners. Um, it, was, it was a really eye-opening kind of experience. Um, and I've tried to, well, I've tried to anyway, um, put it into my practice. Because mm. I think at the end of the day, in terms of a multidisciplinary and working in an NHS as a team member, you want to be, every, every single person in that team wants to be valued. Yeah. And if you can really make someone feel valued and special in that team, they will do a good mm. job and... Because I think, especially in this day and age with the NHS, it's it's very difficult to be valued because you're treated like service provision, isn't it? Mm, definitely. And, and um, I will come on to later. That's why I went on to locoming kind of. Uh, we'll talk about it later. But um, everyone wants to be valued. So if you can just, I remember even just like someone saying to me, good job, or like I was running an ABG to an a you know, gas machine and, you know, that was a good job. You did it so quickly. Like we needed yeah. it quickly. Like I absolutely, I felt like one of the part of the team, I felt like, involved in the process of building healthcare and mm. i think at times i've tried to i've tried to kind of include people and, and and acknowledge that kind of the efforts of everyone more than that's what i gained from the being hca like yeah. um that, those experiences how i how i'd want to be treated as a hca uh, trying to put it in practice as, as a doctor so that's amazing honestly because I think it sounds like it's given you a, an appreciation for the team around you because mm. it's quite easy to sort of go on. Yeah. I'm, I'm the, the medic and you've probably seen it countless times as well, where there's, um, th you know, it, it, I, I don't say, I don't think it's like a malicious act, but there's a certain arrogance that can come about with mm. just, you know, just, um, walking onto a ward and and you're in charge of so many decisions and almost the way the ward is run from f1 level to to consultant level there are elements of the ward which you're uh, very much in charge of kind of making sure that things are running well making sure decisions are made and in that you can sort of lose sight of the team around you and healthcare assistants are an integral part of that team especially mm. when it comes to the ward and the way the ward is run and patients are cared for I never have done um, the the you know 
elements of care that an HCA would do. Um, but I think it sounds like you've got such a sound appreciation of what they do because the experience you've had and also you sort of then convey that in your practice and the way you interact with the team around you, which is just fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously I, I try to do it as much as I can, but I, I do like, you know, I, I find myself kind of being so absorbed in the work, so absorbed in the work and kind of the business or, I, you know, you get yourself to that point where F1, F2 and I've done locum work and things and you, you feel a bit like service provision. You feel just mm. kind of disjointed with the, the job and you, you forget why the reason you're doing it. And a lot of times I have disregarded other members and kind of gone on the job gone the ward done the job and run away as fast as I can or avoided mm. work you know yeah uh, there's a kind of human nature of these things but um I try to kind of bring myself back to kind of how I felt as a HCA how I'd want to be treated but it is difficult in this day and age you know there's so yeah. much work to do so much going on you kind of want to get in and get out but actually you know it distracts away from you know the actual human nature of being a healthcare professional as a doctor uh, yeah. you know trying to help patients uh, but it's so easy to do and I talk to friends and we, we've kind of got the same kind of feeling sometimes you know we catch ourselves like this yeah it's 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 kind of it's fairly forgivable isn't it considering how um hectic the like the the work mm. life is um and like you said you know being service provision heavy it just I think it drains the best of people um Absolutely. but it's such an amazing take on point that despite all of that you 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 still got that in your in the back of your mind based on your experience and, and actually it's really important to kind of you know boost the morale of the team think about it on a wider perspective even though it's so easy to forget at times when you get so busy and and, and caught up in in everything that's going on um st still taking that time to 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 say thank you to the person yeah, who exactly. you might not have ever spoken to before because let's face it how often do we actually talk to healthcare assistants talk to some of the nursing staff it's it's inevitable that you will miss those interactions will get missed because of the heaviness of the work but it it counts for a lot i suppose it goes a long way i remember as a hda mm. when the doctor knew my name i was i felt you know i felt really happy that i was uh, you know, acknowledged you know thanks kim for running that avg to the machine so fast you know I, you know i'm part of the team i acknowledge I, I will do a better job because i felt you know spurred on to kind of do the best I could and uh, yeah. I think you know we can try and do that a bit more often you know just valuing saying obviously saying thank you but really acknowledging the individual and in the in the team I think it's really important I fully agree I fully agree I think thank you is is a phrase that everyone <laughs> wants to hear but it's not heard <laughs> enough you know and sometimes just being yeah. the first person to say it is um a way to sort of combat that um and I definitely think you know taking something away into my own leadership lately as, as time goes by i really want to make sure that i always say thank you you know if it's the end of the trauma meeting thank you for you know all your hard work that kind of thing um so yeah it's, it's so important it's such a small yeah. it seems like such a small thing and trivial yeah. thing but it's really powerful it's yeah it's just, it doesn't take anything any effort to do but it really goes a long way i think anyway from my experiences yeah. So then if we sort of fast forward then to, um, you know, you got through university and then came out the other side, what did you do after that? So I did my F1 and F2 at Blackpool, um, which I have kind of done locally since then at the same place because I, I absolutely loved it. I don't know what your experiences at Blackpool were, though. Um, <laughs> we might have different ones. <laughs> uh, what did you think? So I think so I thought it was good. But because of the job that I was doing there, I don't think I particularly experienced, say, what um, some of the F1s were saying that they'd experienced. Which um, is on general surgery, I think what what they'd found in terms of the community that they'd formed and all of the camaraderie that they had, I don't think I had the same level because mm. as a CT1, you, you were although there were three of us on general surgery, it was still a relatively isolated post because you're either thrown into on calls or you're you know in theater it part of a bigger team and you're very much at the bottom of that continuum so um i wouldn't say that i that i felt the community spirit there even though i think i've made lots of friends and and, yeah. and you know i i find from um, i found a lot of familiarity with uh colleagues there perhaps more so than I have done at other hospitals, I have to say. So I think that aspect of it was fantastic. 
but I don't think I really got a chance to fully, you know, I mean, integrate and actually experience it. Six so, months, doesn't it? Six months, yeah. yeah. And even but even in six months, you sort of think you 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 would have you'd expect to have made more, you know, connections uh, effectively, but um, but even then, because it's just the fact that it was so m- mental, uh, you know, busy that it, it just it just means that you can't have those as much of a social element to it as as you perhaps like um so i think it might have been different but i want to hear you know was that the same yeah thing or um i mean that i was there for two years for my F1 had long, F2, yeah, so, of course. uh i found that the because people traditionally go to blackpool uh don't really has have it as their first choice they either <laughs> mess up in the sjt or miss some exams um and they end up lumped in blackpool because it's yeah. not a desirable place uh people tend to actually stay in blackpool as in like live in blackpool and then go to the hospital so so that kind of point of view we had a really good group in our year and we all kind of mucked in together and, and met up a lot mm. um and you when you're on the same boat in f it's better get anywhere in, in, as an f1 f2 you're kind of mucking and and just um fight the battle together isn't it because everyone has that same experience as A&E you've got one in two weekends you're doing all these <laughs> night shifts and everyone's complaining but you're all complaining together yeah. uh, so everyone has their same experiences and I think that camaraderie as you said it only really exists as an F1 F2 we kind of because you're part of like that group that cohort yeah. and it's yeah. a continuation for medical school so um, I absolutely loved it um, Had I was lucky to have a lot of good friends who are still you know in good contact with uh, to this day so it was just that not just the doctors as well it was just the, the nurses as well I've, i found approachable the caretaker uh, the, the porters and and the other senior doctors well tend to be pretty sound really in blackpool yeah um, I don't, but then as i said i've only experienced like kind of lancaster hospital which is also very friendly as well in the north so i've not actually i, I don't know where, where where have you been that might have been a bit more <laughs> unfriendly yeah i mean i think i think so luckily everywhere that i've been has been um has everyone's been nice but different different jobs and in different hospitals come with um different challenges and also different deficits in the social contact that you have um so at the minute uh so i'm in wigan at the minute i'm just finishing this placement um and actually there are lots of people in the team but then the the amount of time that you can dedicate to getting to know them and and um, becoming sort of better acquainted, mates outside of work, that kind of thing, it's just not a lot of opportunity for that. Mm. Um, so I've found I've been more work oriented at work than I have anything else. Um, whereas F one F two, there was a big group. You'd go to teaching together, and I think that immediately gave it a bit of a, more of a community feel. Having said that, the jobs that I was on during F1 and F2, I was probably the only person from a foundation cohort who was on that job. Um, or there'd be two of us, but we'd be in opposite ends of the rotor. And so whenever uh, my counterpart was on the job, I'd be on call. And whenever I was on the on the job, i.e. on the ward, they'd be on call. So, so we'd keep missing each other. So I think even in that, um, I've recognised that that, you know, uh, in Blackpool and actually in Wigan as well, the foundation cohort seems to be really well knit and well integrated, and that that's quite a nice thing to see because it's really important, you know, to get yourself through those internship years. It's really important to sort of have that sense of community and have those stories to share. And I've spoken to someone recently, but as well, so um, uh, and they were saying how important it is that you know when you need to get things off your chest that you just you can, and it's important mm-hmm. to get to do so. But you also need to have that uh, other person to 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 rant to and, and vent uh all your frustrations at so um, no, that happened a lot <laughs> yeah it's natural yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's important natural part and parcel of uh of, of being a medic i think i think long gone are the days of sort of being that stiff stoic medic who just you know goes into hospital and does their work and comes out and feels miserable but that's life and you've got to put up with it you know it's more to that more to yeah. life than that now exactly um yeah yeah <laughs> so um from from finishing f2 then did you so i i know that you've sort of gone into lakeming but 
what what was the actual sort of pathway in that and what's your experience been like a bit um yeah so i finished f2 then i came over to lancaster to do a few couple of months um of locoming i actually had is my my cousin's wedding that was later on in that year so i already knew i, I was going to put aside at least two months for, for traveling in that because he lives in australia uh, so that was amazing. I had it's just the flexibility. I was like, I'm only going to work two months. This is, this is my time, uh, and then whatever I'm going to do after that, I'm just going to go on a, on a massive holiday. Um, and yeah, that was incredible. Nice. So yeah, I just picked a local agency, a couple, and and I just saw which one was my the, the best for me. Um, mm. And yeah, went ahead with that. And then two months of that, followed by two months of traveling around the world um and for my cousin's wedding as well in australia and then came back and then mm. landed um this the, the blackpool local job and that that served me for about a good year and a half nice so yeah and still going still going strong yeah well i've, I've actually i'm on i'm on well i say annual leave i'm actually technically unemployed <laughs> or should i say fun employed fun employed um, yeah fun yeah, employed, yeah. It's more like it. that's nice i like that phrase <laughs> yeah but i start gp training in august the 4th so nice okay congrats yeah yeah is that in sort of you know area of lanks blackpool kind of area it's uh, lancaster so i'm I'm just stationed there for three years which is my hometown yeah it's yeah okay yeah three years and and that's it done and then (laughs) see what happens after that so nice i i I imagine you rotating around different trusts but actually are you sort of at lancaster hospital for the 18 months of um non-practice-based training and then and then you yeah. go to the community for the next 18 months in Lancaster so is it is it all kind of in one like that so it's actually the, it's changed well for me it's changed it's the first year I've got say I've got six months of pediatrics six months of hematology okay. then from then on that's my on calls my nights all done so I'm gonna be oh, so happy this time next year I know <laughs> I, I absolutely hate nights um so uh the second year GPSTT I'm doing six months uh, of a year's worth of GP plus. So that's three days a week GP, two days a week in specialties. So that mm. my, my rotations is six months of that in um, in hospice and six months in ENT. And then third year, you're done. You're just basically GPing until, okay. yeah, the last year. So It sounds quite cool, actually, because the rotations that you've got are really you know they encompass a lot of really important stuff that you're going to see in the community which i, I know is the yeah. idea of the training program in the first place but i wonder did you get to choose those or did you did you just get given it is it so, ranking or? i think in most of the uh trust you can but they, they said to us like is there anything that you you wouldn't want so i just put down <laughs> any in psych- psychiatry because i'm not doing that rotor again <laughs> fair it's enough and you've all, uh, you've been there done that you've got experience already right yeah 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 and i have zero well little to zero knowledge on pediatrics i think last placement i did was in third year medical school it was just oh. yeah and then like um hematology i i know about zero <laughs> hematology <laughs> uh, knowledge so i need i need i need these placements which is kind of lucky really but yeah, yeah put myself at the deep end that's worked out well actually because obviously in the community you see kids probably yeah. like half your patients are going to be a kid and so it's really important to to yeah get that experience and know know what you're dealing with it's like oh there's a small person what do i do yeah <laughs> it seems a bit scary <laughs> um nice well that's that's awesome um now you you've, you've told me before that um that you've got a whole bunch of experience or interesting experiences outside of medicine i kind of want to hear about that um, oh, okay so so w- what was the what was the first thing that you did uh, and and it you know yeah um, so actually initially after graduating from my first degree in biomedical sciences i, I wasn't sure what i was going to do hmm. so i basically put out cvs everywhere left right center i think the going job at the time as a postgrad was like recruitment consultant for some reason and everyone wanted to and there were a lot of advertising I saw one for interviews about that and I really just realized it wasn't for me hmm. central London being a recruitment consultant and it's just soul destroying kind of work and um but in my third year medical uh, sorry biomedical sciences I there was an advert for becoming a CBB presenter 
Um, so <laughs> I basically made a video. Uh, <laughs> should I be telling you this? I made a video. <laughs> I'm gonna look. It up. <laughs> um, it's actually on YouTube as well. But I made a video with my housemates at the time, uh, presenting a random show called What's in the Fridge, which consisted of different contestants coming out of a fridge, and and doing some games with them, uh, me presenting it, which is the most random, weirdest thing um, I've, you'll see on YouTube. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, and then I didn't expect it, but I got invited back uh, a few times, really. One for a little workshop uh, with a load of applicants. Um, and then I had a, a um, another kind of screen, how do you say it, screen view, um, screen audition or something like that mm. in front of the actual official CBBS kind of uh, camera. Um, I was lucky enough to get invited back again onto the set of uh, Media City in Salford. So that's the actual um, CBBS headquarters oh. on this set. And I filmed for about two or three hours um, a script, which was absolutely terrifying because uh, <laughs> it was just, oh, the camera on me. It's a 360 degree kind of um, set, and oh, wow. I had to kind of recite the script, which I'm not, I'm really not very good at reciting. So <laughs> I, I did, I did all right in the end. It was, I think, it was between me and uh, another person, and, and unfortunately, I didn't get it. So oh. um, they said I was on the books, but they probably said that to everyone. Yeah, uh, yeah, but that was a yeah a, a random random experience. Amazing. Almost being you almost became a CB, CBB's presenter. Yeah, I could have been on, I don't know, Country File or Strictly Come Dancing by now, but I <laughs> and I wonder what it is. No, I've, I've, yeah, I've been lucky to go get onto medicine, so I'm happy with how things are. There's always a bit of a, you know, what if, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> as as lucky you're saying it's uh, it's good. Yeah, you're happy with where you are now. Um, you know, several years down the line, and you're still vying for the CBB's presenter position. Yeah. <laughs> bit of a struggle to get to this point if you're if that's what you wanted to do mm. um but that sounds that actually sounds really interesting and really different um I, I can't believe that you've actually had that experience and you've gone gone through all of that because in that in itself it must have been sort of a bit daunting very very different to anything yeah. else I imagine that you just you know do as a as a, as a job and or also expose you to what the, the the TV world and and like you said, you know the, the terrifying nature of having a bunch of cameras on you and then reciting a script and stuff. And did exactly. that did that kind of give you a sense of um, a sense of perspective and, and skill that you've taken forwards with you? Um, you know that experience. Yeah, absolutely. I just I I was always nervous before filming or whatever. Um, kind of put me off doing that as a full time thing. So I, I don't <laughs> think I can bumble my way through it. A screen recording but yeah it was just just those experiences there's something as you said there's something random that i would never even thought of in my wildest dreams of applying it was yeah. like on the the, the uh, manchester university which i was at the time trust intranet do you want to <laughs> apply to be a tv presenter it was just like well you know i've kind of like done that in life i've just said yeah why not you know like yeah go on i've, I've never <laughs> said no i've just said yes i'll do it yes i'll do it and it's kind of got me into some weird and uh, funny experiences uh yeah i mean it was just for the experience alone it was just an amazing kind of being on the set and and doing that and something that you know not a lot of people might have have, have had but yeah I was, I was just feel i felt really special being asked to come back to to film that but you know it's not, yeah not meant to be but yeah who knows maybe maybe in the future yeah maybe in the future that's the thing you know tv medicine sort of career you know incoming um i reckon you'd be you'd be good at it and you know oh. they, they lost out they lost out. <laughs> i keep telling myself that at night exactly <laughs> um so what else man what is that that's that's such a cool story have you have you done anything kind of well i imagine nothing well, anything similar or or has has you know your you have your interests outside of medicine sort of taken you down any other avenues that are, that are pretty interesting well, actually, in my F1, again, it's another yes kind of experience. It was a very bizarre one, actually. So they, I think it was, was it BBC, were asking for junior doctors to, to appear on a, a TV programme. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know if you watched it. 
uh, it was like junior doctors uh, quiz. I don't know. It was like QI for junior doctors. So I just, I don't even know why I did it. I just said yes. And I kind of putting myself up for lamb to a slaughter on, on TV, national television. <laughs> uh, so we got invited down all expenses paid trips to London and um, presented by Joe Brand, uh, which is absolutely lovely. Wow. So yeah. you met Joe Brand as well. That's yeah. That's really cool. She used to be a mental health nurse, um, apparently. So really, she, that's know. why she was chosen. Yeah. Oh wow! Um, that's really I think cool. she has a she had a show about it. Uh, well, just her playing her mental health. Okay. Uh, health professionals. So, yeah, it was just a random experience, and it's just saying yes to things that I getting into these weird experiences. But I, yeah, again, it's another one where I've just been. I feel privileged to have, like had that experience. That is just I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's so random and and I just loved it yeah what was it what was that like it, did did you feel sort of quite nervous doing it or was it actually you, you just got caught up in the moment and and actually really enjoyed it I I, I absolutely loved it in the end it was just absolutely it's just nerve-wracking having that your medical knowledge put to test which was on <laughs> national TV ever. yeah no exactly so I don't I, I you know hindsight it was just a bit of a crazy idea because you're just putting yourself off you've answered something stupid so we did i mean we, yeah it, my 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 colleagues did excellent um laura and, and us win they did very good uh so on, on the show and I, I didn't really do much to be honest i was just kind of like overawed by all this uh, the lights and the, the the audience and things and meeting joe brands but yeah i was just as i said it was just the experience it's just just really fun yeah, it's it sounds really really cool as well. Again, and you know, another phenomenal story is coming at us now, um, and just the fact that you've done that is is uh, it's it's not common at all. You know, I, I bet there are only um, a handful of people that can ever say that they featured because there was that junior doctors program as well, wasn't there? That, that was oh airing. yeah, and so a handful of people have done that. But as as a as a common thing, it's just not yeah. I've never been on telly and uh, no, I can't imagine being on telly. So not yeah, this podcast could rate you to those heights. I'm oh, sure gosh. it would be. <laughs> <laughs> no one needs to see that. <laughs> um that's fascinating. Um so you're also the um you're also into art. Uh and and that's that's something that that I've noticed is an extreme extreme talent to be honest mate oh, it's you. really no, uh, really really so good much. um when did you get into that well i've always my mum's always encouraged me to kind of draw and with my, my siblings and things and just since a very young age just putting pen to paper pencil to paper and just doing just drawing everything and anything um so i, I just loved it carried on through school did a bit a level and then there was a bit of an interim where I was, it was just kind of, I wasn't doing anything. Uh, then I picked up a fine line, a pen, and I was just, you know, just sketching. Um, and I just, just from then on, I just kind of loved doing it. Um, particularly like buildings. I've always been fascinated with architecture. I used to be mm. one to be an architect in the past. And I've just sketching everything and everything and, and putting it down and then maybe a couple of years ago i just thought you know i'm just going to put it out there and see see what see what people think and have luckily had a, a decent response which is which is always encouraging yeah it, it it's 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 incredible so when, when i was watching the the videos that you've made where you're filming yourself you know actually yeah. um drawing and, and 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 coloring the art that you've that you've drawn out um so it just, just looks amazing and uh, and it's 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 one of these things. I think there's like this um, this spate of videos that have come about where it's really cathartic to watch someone draw <laughs> or or paint or something. And I've been watching it. And I'm like, this is this is the most soothing thing that I've seen. Yeah. Um, so there's oh, like a you. you know there's a double whammy that not only is it fantastic art, but it's actually really nice to to watch it as well. So mm. your videos are, are brilliant. Um, Thank you. And uh, how do you sort of how do you find the time to do it? How do you, you know, actually, actually do it? Is it is it very ad hoc, or do you actually have like a sort of plan? Uh, so yeah, it's very ad hoc. Uh, initially, kind of kicked on when it was uh, COVID initially happened, quarantining, couldn't do much. So I just spent the evenings just sketching things, anything I could find about like, photos I've taken in different countries and 
different architecture and um then it kicked off from there and then some people got in touch with me some initially started friends of friends saying can you just do this as a, a present for for this and that so um it kind of plowed on from there and yeah mm -hmm. so just just a few commissions here and there and just things i like seeing and on, on pinterest or something i like, like to sketch it's more of a it's a hobby and it's just something that is outside of medicine because it can be it can it can get really stressful and things and i i find like i do my best thinking in as weird as it sounds when I'm, I'm sketching i just kind of zone off on the whole world and i've spent about four or five hours or even longer i'm just oh that's the time already i've just kind of been absorbed in a picture wow um and i've just yeah i just love kind of switching off and just being absorbed with the picture but also just kind of doing random bits of thinking and kind of unwinding so it's just so therapeutic for me as well yeah and it sounds the way you're describing becoming absorbed in the in the activity that you're doing sounds mm. really really mindful actually because your entire um thought processes and your uh, awareness and consciousness is all dedicated to that one task yeah. and it's it's phenomenal so having that zone zoning in um moment um and like you said you know it's it, it sounds even to me when you're describing it as really really therapeutic has it ever been something that you've resorted to when in times of stress or anything um yes and yeah actually I, it's more that I, I, I never really acknowledge stress that much I try to put it away and maybe that's a bad thing but it gives me time to reflect on things and I think as you know like in the busy job environment you come home and have your food and then you, know, you go go sleep and the next day you, you know <laughs> eat sleep repeat yeah. um and I feel like when I'm doing these sketches, I put in time aside to do this, to do them. They can take hours, but I'm kind of reflecting on things at the same time. And I find that really useful because I think rarely, I mean, I'm really bad for it. I just sit down and, and I kind of realize, like, just, you know, have a bit of thinking time just to yourself, which is nice. But I can imagine, like, um, as yourself being in the operating theaters and things, this, the ref that kind of you saying, you know, being so focused on something as a task do you feel like you kind of have that like relaxation in in surgery is that, is that a thing or is it too much at stake isn't it really yeah it's an interesting one actually because I think some people have said that that's um what happens to them when they're performing surgery at the minute because I'm so junior I don't get to perform that many procedures and most of the time it's just holding a retractor for three and a half hours <laughs> um which let's face it it can be really tedious um but when when whenever i get to do something it's very very task focused um so you do zone in and you do sort of really get caught up and no matter how long it takes or anything you get caught up and you're like wow this is this is really cool and it's that's why i wanted to do surgery um in particular because it's a it's a you're using your hands it's a skill mm -hmm. you're honing that skill as you go through your career and um and it's it's something to do you're you're just like a plasterer is molding a sculpture um sorry a sculpturer is molding a molding a plaster <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um and uh, and creating their their piece of art um it's a it's a similar process i suppose uh when you're performing surgery but um at the same time it, there can be uh stressful moments like you said you know there can be moments <laughs> where you're just like it, 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 this is getting a bit much so yeah. i think i think it, it it swings around about you see there are some moments where you can get absorbed and and sort of find the therapeutic zen environment mm. with it but other times when there's a lot at stake as a very unwell patient you need to get them on and off the table as soon as as quick as you can yeah, exactly. um and there's a there's a lot more at stake so um yeah similarities but but totally different yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> yeah. polar opposites yeah. as well there's less um, at stake from what i'm doing definitely less <laughs> at stake. you never know you could you could just you know the house might fall over the oh the that's true drawing, actually. so yeah. you might get the dimension actually your dimensions are incredible i was looking at your your lines and it, it, how do you get them so straight do, do you use any rulers or is it I, freehand I, I think is it cheating if I say I use rulers? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I use rulers. But but I was intrigued by it because it, it, it honestly the alignment is is beautiful. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's just it's, it's like anything. It's just it's practice. I mean, I'm, I'm not per, like by no means where I want to be. I'm just in the process of it. Like 
by putting things out onto, for example, Instagram or something, and actually embarrassingly enough to say I have TikTok now. I have put a bit enough about <laughs> that. Um, it's just that practice kind of make, really makes perfect, and I've kind of developed the skill. And I know there's a lot, a lot more I want to kind of get out of it and, and to improve and, and doing different types. So, um, so it's a constantly evolving process, and, and I'm learning new things. I'm new, using new pens, which have I've got about over 100 pens. It's just I never wow. thought I would. <laughs> these I use um, these architecture pens. But it's basically a brush side, brush side and a kind of a, a straight nib, which mm-hmm. gives you kind of different gradients and, and colors. Um, okay. So going back to my my primary school days of coloring in, basically, is basically what it is. It's just glorify <laughs> coloring in. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm constantly trying to evolve my my technique and, and and try and improve but uh, yeah i i do use rulers i, I initially <laughs> rulers, but i thought i'd i'm a bit of a perfectionist i need to have things straight because i'm my hand's not as steady as, as it should be so no that that's that's completely fair enough i think i think it does create um some beautiful lines and and at the end of the day if you're doing something with um buildings or something even on architecture i'm yeah. sure they use uh, rulers and protractors and all of that stuff um so so what what sort of inspires you when you're actually drawing this because i know you mentioned that sometimes you get commission work is that right uh, yeah so i've had a few commissions from portraits from friends and then friends of friends and other people who've messaged me um what i've been doing at the moment is a bit like house portraits as well something personal mm-hmm. for someone's house like my friend Sally moved into her new house and I just wanted to kind of give it as a gift, do a picture of her house um, just to idea. give it. It's, it's just, yeah, something a bit more personal. Um, so I've done that a few times and uh, I've done like a save the date kind of um, picture of, of a building or where they're getting married. And that was quite a nice one for my friend Anna, who's getting married uh, married in Italy. So there's lots of different things I, uh, I'm getting on with and, um, and a lot of pep pet portraits as well which uh <laughs> they love people love dogs and they want pictures of them apparently so yeah. oh so it's more, so they're always thinking it was all building related but actually so it's, it's more diverse than that then it's uh you know do you do sort of pets people you know all sorts just just anything, anything. um i prefer not to do portraits as much because it it's so difficult to get someone's likeness because yeah. one because I what I use are the, these fine liners I'm showing you here, and it obviously oh, yeah. as, a, as a pen, once you put it down, you can't get rid of it. You could try, but or like kind of go over it, it's permanent. And you know if you get something wrong, it's not like a pencil you can rub out. Sure. So with buildings in particular, it's more forgiving. I can make some mistakes hmm. and kind of cover it with a black pen or something darker to go over the top and say it's shading. Sure. Uh, but with portraits, it's, it's difficult, but okay. I do my best. So where do you think you're going to take this then? Is it going to continue to be a hobby or is it growing in, in traction and actually you can do a bit more of it now? Well, hoping to do a bit more of it and, and just kind of setting aside some time just crack, crack on and doing some more just for my own enjoyment and my own sanity really as well yeah. um but i think i i'm trying to make a website at the moment um my sister's a, a website designer so we're trying to create something th- for that and may maybe expand from there but it's just it's, it's more of just that something as a hobby and something to distract myself from medicine because <laughs> I, I I try to put medicine in the background, and I like doing other things anyway. So, no, that's that's yeah. a really really interesting point actually, and it's and it's super important because it can, on the one hand, take over your life, and you can forget about all of these things that uh, that that you enjoy outside of outside yeah. of work, um, and at the same time, as you mentioned before, it's therapeutic, and actually it gives you that chance of switching off from something that can essentially yeah. take over your life um you mentioned you wanted to do architecture was that a fleeting thought or was that something that you actually really kind of sort of uh compete you know medicine and architecture were competing interests yeah i i kind of nipped it in the bud fairly early on in 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 high school i did some work experience and i realized it's not just drawing build pretty buildings and and that and it's a lot more to it and I, i just thought well it's not really for me but that's why this kind of 
leave it as a, a hobby i've just absolutely grown to love i just like i've been lucky enough to be able to travel a lot as well and going around the cities and 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 seeing the different architectures different styles and the interiors and things i just I absolutely love taking it all in and, and trying to put it down to paper so yeah it's just just growing from then that's that's really really cool actually and and i've and I really enjoyed sort of looking at the pictures that you've created and um and the videos of you drawing and Thank coloring you. it all and it's just yeah it's it's super so like, that's therapy for you and it's also therapy for me because i'm watching it and <laughs> enjoying it um so no it's, it's beautiful um so so um in terms of you know all of these things that we've kind of talked about how how do you think that so you know your your artwork um, your experiences outside of medicine before how do you think that's impacted your medical work um if at all because medical mm. work is going to carry on you know you're going into gp training that's got an an end point to it um but how does that play into who you are as, as a medic yeah i think it's it really shapes me in terms of how i want to be as a doctor as, as is someone that doesn't take medicines i don't know if you can say that i take it too seriously like sure. um i quite happily to have a joke with any anyone on the, the ward I, I i try to keep it lighthearted because in an environment that's so so intense so i mean it, for the right reasons you know people's lives at stake and and there's a lot at stake um so it's it's i try to keep it in my practice a bit more lighthearted, trying to not take things too seriously and and by having these things it's more that i've I'm just i'm just probably work shy or um, <laughs> um i prefer to kind of not think about medicine if i can help it um but i, I also i also take a quote from one of my friends uh, harriet davis she she's a medical school with me and she'd always say like well how i want to interpret it is, is, is i don't want to be known as kim he oh, so i want to be known as dr kim I want to be known as Kim, who's a doctor. It's not the only thing that is defines me. It's something that is a part of my life that I I enjoy and I I, I I'm quite proud of. But it's not the only thing, and uh, um, I try to put that through my life, just kind of keeping things at a distance. Like medicine is great, and I love doing what I do, uh, but it's not the only thing that it should be in my life. And 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 especially in this, you know, with, with especially training and, and, and all the things that it can be getting so absorbing and and you can get you can get caught up in a lot of that and uh, detract away from, you know, why you did it in the first place, as, as we said before. That's powerful. That's a, uh, I, I, yeah, no, I, I, I fully feel what you're trying to say there. Um, I, I, I think I've heard a, a similar kind of thing in the past where someone said it, at the end of the day it's a job so you're it's easy to feel like you're defined by what you're doing so you are dr kim you're, you're you are you know a doctor and that's all you are but i think it's really important to hear who you are outside of that and also to remember who you are outside of the title of being a doctor because at the end of the day it's it's a job and yeah it's it's been seen as a vocation uh, for for a long period of time but at the same time so we're still people who want to live a real life outside of working and we come to do this job because it's it's a job we're passionate about it but it doesn't rule over every aspect of our of our lives i think that mindset has definitely changed and started to filter through the more um you know recruitment that's happening in medicine the more different types of people and diverse personalities you're going to get and i don't think it's a one-size-fits-all um mm. method being living and breathing work and yeah okay it can get you a certain certain length of way down the career pathway but um it's not really the be all and end all of life for everyone so yeah absolutely yeah no that's mm. that's that's powerful um so if we sort of um give you a hypothetical scenario so you're you're stuck on a on an island all right and, <laughs> and you have a choice of three things that you're going to take with you um or that you want there with you what would those three items um, be that's a difficult one 
you might need to edit the spit of thinking time out of the uh, Spotify <laughs> podcast. Um, the one that, yeah, three things. I mean, probably, I mean, uh, just to fit with the, the podcast and something I probably would do is, is, is yeah, sketchbook and, and pen. That's two things because mm. it's just... No, we'll, we'll lump it into one just to make yeah. life harder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then probably, oh, it's a difficult one. Is it how long am I on the silent for? Foreseeable future. Yeah, let's say foreseeable future. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, mem- memories of families and, and good times and like a photo album or something because. Nice. Yeah. It's just, and then, and then I'll say just, just a journal, just of, of, of what's going on. <laughs> Survival tips for myself, or I'm just bringing it back to Castaway now. Wilson, yeah. I'll have Wilson. Wilson seems like a good guy. Yeah, give me Wilson. I'm not, scrap this, the notebook. I'll have Wilson. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. So, um, and now the other thing is, uh, you know, if you if you sort of look back at yourself um, when you were a budding um, architect, medic, TV personality, everything, artist, mm. what would you say to yourself um, when you were stuck in the most challenging points um, during that time? I'm um, looking back now. Yeah, I'd say a lot. It's, I'd say, don't take life, don't take life too seriously, because anything can happen. Obviously, we, you know, we're we're, it's fragile, isn't it? Um, and don't, yeah, as don't get absorbed in these the the medicine, and you know, take it as something that is you're going to have fun with and something that you can do for the rest of your life as, as a career is just to enjoy it really um that's probably probably about it yeah don't take right. don't take life too seriously don't take life too seriously <laughs> yeah no that, that that's amazing and it's a really powerful point that um that yeah it's important to re- remember sometimes and it? it's easy to forget but um but yeah when when the going gets tough just Remember not to take things too seriously. Mm-hmm. So, Kim, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, yeah. Thanks for thanks for coming on and um, and yeah, it, it's it's been really insightful and I and I and I, it, it, I think even for me, just to hear you talk about all of the interests that you've got outside of being a doctor and how that sort of plays into your medical life is is absolutely fascinating. So, appreciate your time and uh, and your stories. So, thank you. No, it's my pleasure. It's been been a pleasure being on the show. Thank you. Thank you to Dr. Kim Leong and thank you to you for tuning into the Medical Memoirs podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then please give the channel a follow and share this episode with your friends. In the meantime, head over to vasudevzeva.com for insights into the world of surgery through my personal journal or follow at the Surgeon's Journal on Instagram to stay tuned with more journal posts podcast episodes and general life in surgery. Thanks again and see you next time.